This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Manisha Aluwalia with me who is here to share her story and her weight loss journey. She has been through some tough times and I'm sure her story is going to be very inspiring for all of us. Listeners, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. This way you can get notified as soon as the new episodes are released. Let me briefly introduce my guest to you all. Dr. Manisha Aluwalia is a certified life coach and both certified infectious disease and internal medicine physician. She shares her story for others to know that they are not alone. Welcome Manisha. Thank you. Thanks, Anishkar. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, weight loss journey and when did your weight really become an issue for you? Oh, I, I remember the day exactly. <laughs> it was uh, my doctor had to tell me I was overweight. I had no clue. Um, I was trying to get pregnant and I was having trouble. I was referred to a reproductive endocrinologist, as people are when they're trying to get pregnant and having trouble. So she told me my weight is in the overweight category by BMI. And she told me lots of other things like pre-diabetes and, uh, you know, thyroid issues. I mean, just there was a list of diagnoses that all of a sudden were attached to me and I was completely in shock. So that's where it began. And you never knew about these things before, I didn't right? even know I had a weight problem. Honestly, I, I thought it was, I didn't even think about it. No. Right. I know you had shared some struggles with me and all of these diagnoses that were suddenly attached to you. Yes. How did that make you feel and what impact did it have on your psyche? How did it make me feel? Complete shock. You know, it's like you didn't know you were sick until you were sick. And then it's like, you know, I'm a doctor. How did this happen? How did I know not, not know it was happening? <laughs> Total wow. shock. Yeah, I think sometimes it's true for doctors because sometimes we kind of get lax on visiting our primary care physicians or visiting other specialists because of the fact that we're doctors. And I I think it, it adds a different perspective to all of this that, you know, you really still need to see uh, other specialists for yourself as well, even if you're a doctor. And not only that, the other part of it is that you may be suffering from a lot of these diseases, but you may not have any symptoms of those diseases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And or you're not aware which symptoms are indicative of those diseases until somebody gives a name to them. Right. And then explains to you, oh, that's why you're having this and that. Yeah. So that was an eye opener in back in 2017. Right. And so what do you think was the biggest reason for your weight to, you know, go out of control? Looking back, of course, at that point in time, you didn't know what was going on and you didn't know that you were overweight. But what do you think caused it to happen? Again, I can tell you exactly. Um I will reflect back from 2014 to 2017 when I was first diagnosed, and I know exactly what happened. From 2014 onwards, my husband said, I want us to have children. And that was the change that occurred in our marriage, because before that, we were going to be volunteering in the world, and we were going to save the world, and we thought children would get in the way, and he said, I want us to have children. That began 
the entire disruption of what I thought my life was going to be, right? Um, miscarriages, fights with the husband, horrible times at work, fighting with my boss, fighting with my colleagues, you know, all of the burnout that could have happened, all of the challenges in life that could have happened, they were all happening at the same time. So from 2014 to this moment is when all of the emotional eating began. And food was my comfort. Food was absolutely my comfort. Yeah, people don't realize stress is such an important factor in your health. It's not just for eating or weight gain, but so many other aspects of your health are impacted by stress. Stress led to food. Food led to comfort, at least in the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what made you realize uh, that this is what's going on and you need to change this? Uh, we hit rock bottom. And my husband and I had gone through enough miscarriages and worse. You know, I won't go into details, but the health aspects had become to the point where it was, we couldn't we couldn't come to a decision, you know, are we going to have kids? Are we not going to have kids? Are we even, is it even possible for us to have kids? He really wanted kids. I was still in indecision and the ultimatum came. And when I wasn't able to meet the requirements of the ultimatum, he left. And so we actually physically separated for a month in our marriage. And um, this was not okay with me. Like I had married the man of my dreams. I was not willing to be separate from him. And that was our rock bottom. That's when I knew something had to change. Um, and it was either me deciding that I'm going to maybe work on myself or I'm going to be without my husband. And it was too important for me to be without my husband. So I said, I'm going to work on myself. That's where it started. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. Those were tough times, I'm sure. I can't even go back there. Like just thinking about it makes me emotional now. Yeah. So I'm sure the weight gain came from the stress, but do you think your weight gain itself had any impact on your relationship? Um, it was the relationship with myself. <laughs> I think you're asking about relationship with my husband, but it was the relationship with myself. I was in a terrible relationship with myself, 100%, um, constantly in the questions of like, am I doing it right? What's wrong with me? Why can't I get pregnant? Why isn't my body doing what it's supposed to do? Blaming myself constantly for not being where I wanted to be, you know, and that was the damage, you know, not allowing for the things that were arguing against that reality. And it was just like constant damage. Relationship with myself was damaged at that point, you know, and that let, you know, bled into everything else. Right. That's true. Yeah. Because uh, weight gain itself has so many ramifications because it does affect your psyche and that itself has so many other manifestations um, in different aspects of your health, both physical and psychological. And it's, it's almost like a vicious cycle. So the, the stress led to the food, the weight gain led to more bad thoughts, more bad thoughts, you know, more food, yeah. <laughs> more blaming thoughts, more food, you know, and that's, that was the cycle. And I, I can only imagine how many listeners can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. How did that change with your weight loss? Actually, it didn't. (laughs) I lost the weight because I was trying to get pregnant. I lost the weight because I was trying to fix my insides, my physical insides to try and get pregnant. It didn't change the relationship with me. Does that make, you know, is that answering? Let me rephrase that question and ask you it a different way. Um, How do you think, um, because you had mentioned you'd done certain things and we'll get to that, but how do you think that overall making that change in your, the way you were living, 
did that have any impact on you um, physically and uh, psychologically? So in other words, like trying to lose the weight? Correct. So, so the changes that you made. So let's actually let's just talk about the changes that mm-hmm. you made um, to lose mm-hmm. the weight, and then we can go into how it impacted you as a person psychologically and physically. Oh, how did I how did I lose the weight? Well, um, yeah, uh, it started with looking at how we were eating. Definitely started with the food, and looking at new ways to eat, focusing on basically whole foods. But we went through every. every sort of new trend out there, starting with something called Always Hungry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. That was a new one. We read the book. We followed the plan. When I say we, I mean my husband and me. Um, And then we started with Eat Fat, Get Thin. Uh, We did keto. We tried intermittent fasting. And I will tell you, like, as we did these things, as we cut some fast carbs, as we cut some sugar, as we added more whole foods, as we, as we added fat, I did start to see the scale changing. Um, and then we just kept doing more of the same and then changing to the next plan. Like then we added keto, then we added <laughs> intermittent fasting and then keeping the foods that we liked and then adding the next new, you know, fad or, or program or protocol. Then I added coaches Right. So then I added mindset coaches, which was a whole shift of its of itself. You know, that was the the piece I think that was missing before all of that. But how did that help? Do you want to elaborate on that? How did the mindset coaches I mean, help you? I, I'm a I'm a life coach, so I can tell you that was the biggest piece. Right. That that was the place where I realized I was allowed to have whatever thoughts I was having. I was allowed to have, feel what I was feeling. None of it was wrong or right. It was just part of me. Um, it helped me understand that my food was my, uh, comfort. It helped me understand that that eating that I was doing before was emotional. And it also helped me understand that I'm still going to continue to do some emotional eating, even after learning that I eat because of my emotions, like all of it's still going to happen. You don't magically just, you know, just stop eating because of emotions. You're always going to use it for comfort, but you're going to use it for comfort less often. And then like I started to realize that both are possible, right? So eating for health, eating for comfort, eating for health, eating for comfort, making a lot of that. I I think it's important that when you realize the fact that you're eating for comfort, once you have that realization in your mind, you can kind of, when you're going through a stressful situation, you can actually understand why you're feeling hungry or why you want to eat a particular food. And that's where you can make those changes. And I think that's why this mindset coaching or well coaching it's very important and very critical. Um, you know, we talk about behavioral changes in weight loss, and this is a part of it because it's about understanding what your body is going through and what your mind is going through when you're feeling hungry or when you're feeling stressed. Because a lot of times, eating doesn't necessarily happen when you're hungry. It can happen when you're thirsty. It can happen when you're stressed. It can happen when you're happy. So there are different emotional states that can also lead to you feeling having that feeling of hunger but not necessarily being hungry. The biggest difference I can tell you is the awareness versus the lack of awareness. So before I was eating and I had no idea why I was eating. And now I can tell you if yesterday I eat a piece of cake, it's because I felt sad or it's because I felt celebrating or I felt joy. You know, now there's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing. I may be doing the exact same thing that I was doing before, but now I just have the awareness. Whereas before there was lack of awareness and that's the whole difference now. Yeah. 
Right, listeners, uh, I hope you have subscribed to the show. Also, it really helps us if you can just take out some time, just even a few minutes to leave us a review. Let us know how we are doing. Uh, Manisha, I know you t- mentioned that you were kind of layering different uh, diets that you were trying and keeping what you liked and getting rid of whatever you did not like. So finally, mm-hmm. what made sense for you and what worked? Um, a lot less sugar, a lot less, a lot less fast carbs, um, a lot more vegetables and full fat. Um, it makes me feel good. I enjoy eating it. It's sustainable. There's nothing, there's nothing that pulls me back to the way I was eating before because I enjoy what I'm eating now. And I will still indulge in some fast carbs because they taste good and because they, you know, <laughs> like they satisfy my pleasure centers. Right. But, but I get yeah. more pleasure from the foods that I never used to get pleasure from before, which is also important, I think, now. I mean, I just really enjoy yeah, broccoli. I, like, you, you like, I really like broccoli. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in all honesty, I love broccoli too. I don't know why it's been vilified so much <laughs> in the media, but I love broccoli. Um, but I was going to ask you, how do you manage your cravings now? Um, well, craving is, for me, uh, I know it's from a thought that I'm having. So I can identify a thought, like, I want that, right? And so craving is just the feeling that comes from that thought. It's just a manifestation That's of it. a thought that you had. And it's a very important realization yeah. to have, I think. Uh, once you have that, once you have that space between your thought and the action that you're going yeah. to perform, and you realize what's going on in between, it gives you a very profound feeling of satisfaction and understanding that this is what's going on. This is why I'm yeah. feeling this, and you kind of feel like you're in control of what you want and, to do. And I would say that happens most of the time. And then there are other times where I feel the emotion and I eat, and I don't sit to stop and think about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, and I'm not aware. So that's still happening all the time. Um, but I'm just more aware some of the time. And when I have those urges and I want to have some cake, I have a few bites. But I also know that if I have too much of that cake, I'm going to feel pretty ill after, like physically. Like I'm going to feel some nausea <laughs> yeah. and it's going to feel kind of discomfort in my stomach. So I don't even want to go there. Right. I don't even want to take the extra few bites because it's just going to make me feel badly. Um, how much of your initial weight did you lose? And how long have you kept it off? Back in 2017 at the at the time of diagnosis, I was 182. Um, so that was overweight BMI. I think that was a BMI of 27 or 26, something like that. Um, since August of 2017 till about March of 2020 is when I hit 152. So that was 30 pounds down. Uh, based on food changes. And then I weighed myself today, actually, I'm 152. So between one between March and today, um, I've been 152, but I've also been lower and I've also been higher. So I've come back to 152 again and again for the last eight months. And so I can say I've lost consistently until about March. And then since March, I've kept it off and I've been kind of the same weight. Yeah. And uh, you're not, I hope you're not on the always hungry diet anymore. You know, I never really called any of it a diet. It's more just like what protocol am I going to follow for these few months? And now the protocol is like just the sustainable protocol. It's like whatever I like to eat because now the new foods that I like to eat happen to be foods that are actually working with my body. So it's kind of just yeah. something that I probably will keep for life. I don't, like I said before, I'm not going back to eating the way I used to eat. Yeah, I think that's what uh, almost everybody goes through. They go through these different diet mm-hmm. plans 
people who are able to keep their weight mm-hmm. off and they finally find something that's sustainable so that becomes a sort of a lifestyle instead of a diet which is yeah. short term and i think everybody has that journey and eventually uh, what i find at least is that you end up being more towards whole yeah. foods rather than you know packaged processed foods yeah. this and that and i and i'm going to add to that again it's just the physical symptoms like if i have the packaged foods and i have the donuts and the ice cream they're pleasurable for a few moments and then it really just hits you and i just feel gross so i mean i don't even want to feel that anymore um, done with it what do you think were the key factors in your success with your weight loss so we said this before but you know keep what worked and then keep experimenting with the rest like that was a constant that has been the constant one thing i could say uh, my why was super strong at the beginning right i needed to get pregnant i wanted to get pregnant um that was a health reason so that was a super strong a super strong why for me trying new protocols that was fun it kept things interesting you know i kept it kept the curiosity of like what new things could i try and how can i change it up and yeah. still get success um mindset super 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 important for me was mindset all the coaches that i had ali novitsky heather hammerstedt they're both physicians actually who are you know like physicians like me and they're both weight loss wellness yeah. coaches and mindset coaches so i think that could have been like the number one in in the process and then of course support of my spouse because he was doing it with me the entire time so i had community of coaches i had community of other people going through the journey with me along with my own spouse So I think all of that was the key. I think it's very important um, to have accountability and you to have support, social support when you're going through this mm-hmm. because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You have to make a change in your lifestyle and you have to have somebody who's going to be behind you who's going to help you get up when you're kind of falling down. Yeah. So it's very important to have uh, that support and a lot of times people struggle with that. So it's great to know that people can actually work with mindset coaches, well coaches who can also help you support during your journey when you're going through those tough times. Um talking about tough times, did you face any struggles during your weight loss journey itself? I guess my struggle was impatience. You know, when is it because I was on a timeline to get pregnant. I was already 41 when I was diagnosed with everything and now I have the biological clock and I'm sort of working against that. So I had a lot of impatience coming up. in terms of when am i going to get to the weight that's going to help me get pregnant when am i going to get to that weight that's going to help me get pregnant and i mean i'm still in that struggle but it doesn't feel as terrible anymore so the impatience and and also the resistance of the uh, urges so urges come but they were really hard at first and so like resisting those urges and giving in to them and battling the old urges like that was really really hard that was hard prepping vegetables that It never got easy for me. <laughs> Preparing food, food plans, like planning my meals, that that's never been my favorite, but everything is not going to be my favorite, right? Yeah, you got to choose your yeah, battles, right? Yeah. Those are the sticking points. <laughs> Prepping the broccoli. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so talking about prepping, do you have some food hacks that you use now? Um, so I salads are great because they provide so much fiber and I love having salads. I actually really enjoy salads, but you know, they get boring. <laughs> so making them interesting, like I like to saute nuts and fruits and add them to my salad. So I'll have like a warm part to the cold salad. I don't know. I like to keep it interesting. I like experimenting with 
dump what's in the fridge onto a plate kind of thing, make a meal from what's already in the fridge. That that seems interesting to me. And some whole foods come packaged, right? Like hummus. It's nothing more than garbanzo beans. Like that's an easy thing that provides that simple, easy fix to something that's still a whole food. I like stuff like that. I always have dark chocolate around. So that I consider to be a healthy food because I always have like above 85%. But it's easy to <laughs> stick to the health plan and still have some kind of treats along the way. Sure. And I think it's important to have some treats along the way because otherwise it becomes difficult and it becomes monotonous. You've said it very well. If I go on salads, like I cannot do it for more than two or three days in a row. Even if you change the dressings, it still gets boring because of the same leaves. You do need to <laughs> yeah. switch things around, yeah. you know. Um, putting the produce on the shelf. I don't put my produce in the drawers. It stays on the I shelf see. in the fridge. It stays in a pretty bowl on my counter. So just having produce like in a way that I'm going to access it is yeah. important to me. Like if it's stuffed away in a plastic bag in a drawer, it's not inviting to me. Like I need to have it in a way that's inviting. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because mm -hmm. I remember reading it somewhere that if there is a 20 second gap between um, you and the food that you're going to get, then you probably won't get it. It's exactly so, right. you know, hiding those foods that are not really good for you somewhere yeah. away that are at least 20 seconds away from yeah. you, you're probably going to avoid those foods. That's I right. don't remember where I read this, but I read this interesting fact <laughs> somewhere. It, it, yeah, I wish I was smart enough to know that I did it that way. But no, it was because they kept going bad. So instead of putting it in the drawer, like I just moved them to the shelf. They're right in front of me. It's easiest to grab. Yeah. And what is your go-to healthy food other than broccoli? And <laughs> what is your least favorite healthy food? Go-to healthy food, I think I mentioned before. Um, just things like good good quality cheese, things like hummus and lentils that are kind of pre-packaged but ready to eat without a lot of additives, dark chocolate, heavy cream in my coffee. Like, they're still health foods, you know? It's still good fat. It's still good fiber. It's still good protein, but it's easy. Um, and then I mentioned the the apples and the... Uh, nuts that I like to saute before putting in them. I, I hate sauerkraut and apple cider vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people keep telling you to eat sauerkraut and drink apple cider vinegar? I'll never understand. I, I can't yeah, do I, it. I've not been a fan of <laughs> sauerkraut either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do those things. So, but my husband loves them. So more power oh, really? to him. Wow. Yeah. And, and those things we've decided we're just not going to agree on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for uh, listeners, our listeners who are going through some of the similar struggles that you've gone through? Anything that you can share with them that would help them in their journey? I would say food is first and movement is a bonus. Notice I never talked about movement during this entire talk. It was all about food. Start by starting. Just have to start somewhere. And I would say don't wait for any kind of motivation. Like not having motivation is like saying I'm not motivated and I have to stop. No, I'm not motivated and that's fine. And now I'm going to start. You know, like we're always waiting for like some divine motivation to come and hit us to start. But what if it's not coming? Okay, so I'm not motivated, but let me go ahead and start anyways. And then like for an example, take a vegetable out of the fridge and take a pan out of the cabinet, put it on the counter and see what happens. And if that's all you're going to do today, then that's all you're going to do today. But at least you made a start, you know. It doesn't have to be complicated. That's true. Uh, yeah, and, and cooking also has, doesn't have to be complicated. Actually, um, in this day and age of in the internet, it's so easy to find healthy recipes online. And it's so easy to find these food hacks online that it really isn't very difficult to start eating healthy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be very expensive either. 
But you so know, you can, from for some like, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but from somebody who for somebody who's only eaten a certain way and they're trying to make a change, if even just pulling the broccoli out of the fridge, putting it on the counter, pulling the pan out of the cabinet, putting it on the stove, like that could be a big step, you know? Less than 20 seconds away. <laughs> yeah, and like you you're not used to cooking, so let me at least get used to this act of pulling a pan out of the counter out of the cabinet. Like that could be something that you celebrate today. I know it sounds crazy, but if you're trying to start a marathon, training for a marathon, putting on a, a pair of shoes might be your start, you know? That's true. You don't have that to complete true. the task to celebrate what you've done. And I think that's huge. Is like you have to celebrate what the little steps are that you're doing along the way. Like if you don't do that, w- then what's it all for? And you're not going to progress. I think you have to celebrate along the way. Yeah. And then people have to understand it's a journey. It's not, yeah. it's not like if you fail once, you're not going to succeed the next time. It is a journey exactly. that you have to go through. So even yeah. if you saute the broccoli and you burn it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You'll be better next time. That's right. So <laughs> it's a start. You can learn. That's right. And and mindset. As you get through the like, as you start the journey, every objection is going to come your way from your brain. Right. Every objection that you never even knew you had is going to come out. And then if you have someone to look at your mindset with you, or if you have like a podcast that you listen to about mindset, or if you have a book you read about mindset or worksheets or something like that, something where you're also kind of tackling your mindset, because without the mindset change, it's really difficult. Yeah, that's very important. I think mindset, um, we talk about when we talk about weight loss and obesity medicine, actually, uh, behavioral changes and lifestyle changes are very, very important. They're like the backbone of your weight loss journey. And that has to happen before we start with anything else. So I think it's you you really hit the nail on the head because mindset sometimes uh, does hold people back and uh, people often don't even realize that that may be the case. And I think it does really help talking to uh, either a psychologist or talking to a, a wellness coach or a life coach, for example, like yourself, to kind of understand what else is going on in your life because there are a lot of other complex issues that go on in people's lives that can be affecting their health. For example, stress from other things affects the way you eat. And not only just the way you eat, but it has an effect on your weight, independent of the way you eat. Yeah. I'm nodding along so loudly with you. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, that resonates a lot. It's um, All of this is new and so, a lot of it is going to be super uncomfortable. And when we get uncomfortable, we usually want to stop, right? Like it's uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to give up. And then you come back to the journey and you get uncomfortable and you stop again. And this is so familiar to me over and over again, not wanting to get comfortable with that discomfort, but that's the key, you know? And that's when you need someone uh, to help you to push you forward and keep you going. Yeah. And that's why you need somebody for like an accountability partner or, yeah. you know, a coach that can help you along the way. Yeah, totally. That I mean, that's very helpful. I have accountability partners. I have my spouse. I have other people that are in the coaching groups that I am a client in, you know, and it's it's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. Great. Uh, that's, a, that's a fascinating journey, Manisha. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Listeners, don't forget to drop us a review or a comment. If there is a specific topic that you would like us to discuss here, please let us know. Do subscribe for more fun and inspiring episodes like this one in the future. I am looking for more inspiring stories like this one. So if you have one to share, please email me at host at decodingobesity.com. That's all we have time for. Um, Thank you so much for listening in. And thank you again, Manisha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.